<laughs> Cut the shit. The longer you take to sacrifice the fun things that don't feed your success, the longer you will starve. And you will find and attract people that are exactly at the level that you're vibrating at. What's up, you guys? This is Asia Castillo, and I'm your host of Cut the Shit. All right, you guys, I am so excited about today's episode. But before I jump into today's topic, I do want to give a huge thank you to Tillman. He is actually the man behind my intro and he helped me out with my logo as well. So if you guys are interested in any type of graphic design or anything like that, he is the man for the job. So you guys can follow him on Instagram at it's only till, I T S only T I L L. Um, I also want to give a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in to my first couple of episodes of Cut the Shit. Um, I am, I just hit a thousand views and it might not seem like a big deal to you guys, but to me it's a huge deal and I appreciate absolutely everyone who's helped me along thus far and gave me feedback, left reviews, and has just been friendly to me and nice and supportive, so Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it more than you know, and I love each and every single one of you. And let's get into today's episode because it's going to be a good one. Um, I just had a video on TikTok that went viral, and it, it was a surprise to me, honestly. I posted it without really even thinking that this was going to blow up the way that it did. But it was basically centered around mastering detachment. And I had a whole bunch of people in my comments asking me, but how? I need help. And so your girl is here today on her podcast called Cut the Shit. And I'm going to cut the shit with you guys and give you all my secrets surrounding this subject. So let's get into it. So first off, I want to ask you guys a question and I want you to hold on to it and see if this answer changes by the end of the podcast episode or if it remains the same. So if you hear my like notepad in the back, just know that I wrote everything down that I wanted to speak with you guys about today. So you might hear like some paper crinkling in the background, but that's just me making sure that I don't miss anything. So the question that I want to ask you guys is, do you genuinely believe that you can love somebody that is either physically, emotionally, or mentally abusive towards you. So I want you to think about your answer, and then I want you to hear what I have to say and hear the discussion for today's episode, and I want to see if it changes for you guys. So basically the first thing I want to start off with is I think that a lot of us women... And when I say women, I'm speaking for myself, but I do feel that a lot of you guys are probably going to be able to relate, is I found myself in a lot of my relationships falling for the potential or the idea of what I wanted out of the relationship instead of who that person consistently proved through their actions who they were. So a lot of the times there would be like these huge red flags that would be just in my face. And instead of taking it 
for exactly what it was, I try to repaint them. And I try to make excuses. And I try to justify the behavior. And in my mind at the time, I was like, well, it's because I love them. But now that I'm getting older, I really wonder if a lot of us confuse love with attachment issues. Because if we really think about it, love is not supposed to come with pain and suffering. Love is not supposed to be abusive. And I want to read the definition of love in the Bible with you guys. So the definition is, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no records of wrongs. So that is the definition of love. So if someone isn't even patient and kind with you, can you really love them? And can they genuinely love you? Or are you just codependent? Are you just attached to the idea of what and who you want them to be? When in reality, there's a complete opposite of that. How can you love somebody who pains you? How can you love somebody who makes you cry every day? How can you love somebody who puts their hands on you? How can you love somebody that you consistently have to defend in front of family and friends because they're questioning why you're taking the abuse? How can somebody love you and put you in, the, in those types of positions? So I want to leave you guys with that idea. So I'm going to talk about the attachment theory because I feel like obviously it kind of all mixes together and it's all pretty important with trying to master detachment. So the attachment theory is those of us who have had unhealthy relationships with our parents are more likely to attach ourselves to people who are no good for us because we're desperate for that comfort of having someone there. So I know that I can really relate to this theory because I had a very toxic relationship with both of my parents growing up and till this day, it's still not a healthy relationship. Um, And I found myself as I was growing up, especially when I started getting into dating and all that stuff, um, I found myself desperately wanting that sort of love that I felt like I never received from my parents. And it was like this constant validation that I needed through men. But the problem was that a lot of these men that I was clinging myself to were emotionally unavailable, just like my mother and my father. Because they say, you know, that you that you end up dating people that are very much like your parents. And that's not the case for everybody. But I do feel like subconsciously, we kind of do gravitate towards people who made us feel or treated us a lot like the first relationship that we had, which is the relationship with our parents. Um, And so I remember constantly clinging to these people who would treat me so badly because even though they treated me badly, it wasn't 24-7 that they treated me badly. We would have these really intimate moments and I would feel loved and I would feel special and then I'd become so attached to that moment and 
I felt like even when I was going through the bad moments and I was being, you know, abused, I, I still wanted that moment back so bad that I was willing to go through all that pain and suffering to eventually relive that moment. And I never really seen what a healthy relationship looked like. I didn't even have my own healthy relationship with my parents. So it was hard for me to understand that that wasn't love. And the whole, like the entire situation with with that personally was I just wanted to be loved. And because I had such a tainted and toxic relationship with my parents, there was a lot of insecurity rooted deep down inside of me as far as abandonment issues. I was codependent. I was very insecure. I felt worthless. You know, I was dealing with all of these emotions that I kind of convinced myself of when I was really little going through these situations with my parents. And so the whole way to master detachment is being able to really dive deep inside of those places that you never you never want to revisit that honestly but you have to um you have to confront those like those ideas that you planted at such a young age you know because when we feel rejected at such a young age it's almost like we're instilling that belief And so in order for us to have healthy relationships and have a healthy attachment style to our partners, we need to unlearn all of those things that we basically convinced ourselves of as little kids. Um, And so it was a very hard process for me. It wasn't something that was easy. You know, I cried a lot. I had to basically go back to all those feelings that I felt as a child, and you know, that rejection, that, that uh, feeling of abandonment, the feeling of not, you know, not feeling like I was good enough for m- my parents' love. Um, you know, it was a lot of things that I had to really face, and it wasn't fun. Like, it wasn't a fun journey, but it was a necessary journey. And so, you know, unraveling all those emotions, they can bring about a lot of other things that you experience because. Not everyone has bad attachment issues because of their childhood. You know, there are some people who have great relationships with their parents, but then, you know, maybe their first boyfriend in high school or, you know, whatever age it was that they experienced this bad relationship at, that can shape a lot of their um their securities when it comes to a relationship. So, you know, you can have this healthy relationship with your parents, but then you experience a really bad relationship and then it can give you all of these trust issues, this insecurity, you know, whether you were cheated on or you experienced abuse or whatever the situation, you know, is or was, you know, that can shape your viewpoint and how you feel in your future relationships. Um, So the first attachment style is obviously going to be secure. So secure attachment styles look like trusting, accepting of love, unafraid of intimacy. Um, You know, these people don't tend to feel panicked about their partners needing space. And they've also mastered the ability to remain independent but also healthily depend on their partner and be able to rely on them and trust them in that sense Um, and so obviously 
I think we can all agree that we want to have a secure attachment style, but that's not the truth for a lot of us that have experienced, you know, bad childhoods or, um, you know, bad relationships with people that might have been narcissistic or abusive or whatever the case may be. So the second attachment style is going to be anxious. And this is going to look like somebody who's very insecure. There's a deep fear of abandonment and it's deep-rooted that their partner is going to leave them at any given moment. And they tend to need a lot of validation. And they're very needy, very panicky. And um, yeah, it's just like they're constantly like on edge, like anxious. And um, a lot of these people who have this uh, type of attachment style came from, you know, parents that were very inconsistent, unpredictable, and it's almost like they had an emotional switch. So one day they'd be super supportive, super loving, super involved, and then the next day it was like a completely different parent. It was somebody who was cold, who was inconsistent, who, you know, shunned them away and you know, just acted like they didn't care about them. And so it's this lack of stability that makes somebody like cling on and they're scared that their, you know, their partner is going to treat them like their parents did. Um, and then the third attachment style is an avoidant. So this is a form of an insecure attachment style um, and it's marked by a lot of fear of intimacy. So these people don't really like to get close to anybody. They're very avoidant. They don't really trust anyone. And a lot of the time they can feel like suffocated in relationships. And these are people that we usually call like emotionally unavailable or hyper independent. Um, and then, you know, people who deal with this type of attachment style are usually people who have had parents that were very dismissive, distant, maybe a parent that kind of left them with another family member. And they've become so used to disappointment that they maneuver as if they're always going to be disappointed and that their needs are going to like, their needs are never going to be met. And so with that being said, you know, these people just tend to completely detach from the situation as a form of not wanting to be disappointed and hurt. And then the fourth attachment style is fearful avoidant, which is me. Um, and this is a combination of both. So it's anxious and avoidant attachment style. So these people desperately crave affection and they want to avoid it at all costs. So it sounds insane but basically, I can relate to this because I felt like with the type of relationships that I had with my parents growing up, it made me obviously want love so desperately because I was starved of it as a child. But then once I was experiencing love, it scared the shit out of me. And a lot of the time, it was like this idea of okay well I need to leave before they leave me so it was like this fear that was instilled that I wanted love so bad but I was also so afraid of it and I wouldn't like I didn't know how to accept love and so you know with that I was reluctant to get close like in any type of relationships you know like deep conversations and all that I desperately want to have them but then once I was having them or after I had them 
I felt like I messed up. Like I shouldn't have said what I had said. I shouldn't have opened up. I shouldn't have been so vulnerable. You know, it was this constant like push and pull with me. And it was like I could never win. And I just felt kind of trapped in my own like mental state. Like I just couldn't, I, I like I wanted something, but then it was like I couldn't have it. And it's like I could have it, but then I wouldn't let myself have it. So it was just, it was all bad, you know, it was, it was almost like I was a prisoner in my own mind, you know, to want something so desperately, but to not be able to have it because you won't allow yourself to have it. Um, and, you know, a lot of these people who deal with the same attachment style as me, they had fear or not fear, but they had a childhood that basically caused a lot of mistrust um, you know, they had parents that were very abusive, they were neglectful, um, and a lot of the time, it's like this deep sense of fear and lack of trust, which becomes, like, as an adult, you have a poor understanding of, of values and boundaries, because you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, you know, your parents neglected you, they abandoned you, they abused you, they disrespected you, they called you names, they hit you, you know, all of these things cause like a lack of trust there. And so when you have that lack of trust, and you feel insecure, you don't know how to maneuver, like you don't know how to have boundaries with people, you don't have these boundaries, because it's almost like you don't even really respect yourself. Like you don't love yourself. You don't value yourself because when you value and love yourself, you know when to draw the line in the sand with people. And so a lot of the times I would be in these really abusive relationships and because my mom and my dad set the bar of disrespect so high with me because they consistently disrespected me and belittled me and made me feel so small. When a partner did it, it was like I couldn't have a boundary with them because I was already so used to that treatment growing up that in my mind, it was almost acceptable. And I subconsciously accepted it because in my mind, that was kind of what a normal relationship was to me. You know, it, it, it didn't differ in a, rela- in a romantic relationship. So with constantly taking that form of disrespect and that abuse from partners, I also was disrespecting and inflicting a lot of pain on myself because I didn't know how to say no. I didn't know how to say enough is enough. I didn't know how to leave these situations. And then it was an even bigger slap in the face when I would stay in these relationships and then they'd leave me. Because then it made me feel like I wasn't enough. Like, oh, okay, well, this partner left me because, you know, I I have so many issues and I'm just like, I'm crazy and I'm needy and I'm clingy and... I, you know, consistently seek validation through them. And, you know, I just didn't have a leg to stand on. Like I was, I was already at war within myself. And then having a partner who basically validated all of these negative things that I felt about myself only made the situation worse for me. And so I felt like God kept putting these narcissistic assholes in my life 
to make me think, okay, if I'm consistently getting the same fucking asshole over and over and over and over again, then there needs to be a common denominator here. And the only common denominator is me. So therefore, there is something that I'm doing in this situation to continuously get the same equation. And then thus far, it's giving me the same exact answer, which is something is not fucking right. And so from there, it was like I really had to start looking within myself. And I remember at one point, I was so lost. Like I was so lost to the point where I was depressed. All I would do is drink. I wouldn't, you know, like I didn't care about myself. I had completely lost myself. I was in a a pure, like a, like a situation of just, I was saturated with depression. Like there's no other way for me to explain it. Like I was so depressed that I didn't even know if I would make it. Like I really dealt with suicidal thoughts more than I had ever dealt with them in my life like I did not know how I was going to get through those moments and I remember there would be times where I would just sit down in the shower and just cry and let the water run over me and I like I I just didn't have the energy anymore like I, I genuinely felt like I was giving up on life and I honestly like I don't even really know what clicked in my head. I think, honestly, one big thing that I always held on to is my faith. And there was a lot of times where I felt like God had completely forgotten about me. And I felt pretty hopeless. But then, you know, there was like this this constant like um, push to seek counseling. And eventually I, I did. And that was kind of the beginning of like the change for me because when I sat down in counseling I was able to really understand one my attachment style and two where it came from and then from where it came from what exactly were those beliefs that I instilled in myself as a child due to two very unhealthy parents and then from there it's like I got to the root of my issues and I was able to unpack all the bullshit And then from there, a lot of things just started making sense. I'm like, oh, okay, so I have a very narcissistic mother and father, and they're both very emotionally unavailable, and they were very mentally and emotionally abusive, and my mother was also physically abusive. So then I'd get into these relationships where I was physically, mentally, and emotionally abused, and I took all of that abuse because... I had deep-rooted insecurities and I didn't value myself and I I didn't even feel like I was worth anything. And I remember my counselor always telling me, you're sitting here today because you value yourself in some sense. And even though your security and your safeness with yourself might be super teeny, teeny, tiny, it's like small as a mustard seed, it's still there. And that seed can be planted and that seed will grow. And that's the same thing that applies within everyone's life. 
okay? I went through a situation where I felt like I didn't even care about my life. Like I, there was a lot of moments where I prayed to God to take my life, that I didn't want to be here anymore. I would genuinely pray for that. God, I want to come home. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't feel like I belong here. Like this life is not for me. And I would have these breakdowns that felt like they were never going to end. And baby step by baby step by baby step, I'm sitting here with you guys today and I love myself. And this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. And the reason why was because I took accountability. I stopped blaming the world for my pain and... I started owning the fact that I was playing a major role in my suffering. And from there, I was able to figure out what my attachment style was. And then I was able to heal that attachment style and understand where I was going wrong in relationships. And then from there, girl, I sulked in that sadness, okay? I sat there and I cried every day. I cried about the disappointment that my parents put me through. I cried about the abuse that my parents put me through. I cried about everything in my life that had hurt me. And I felt it all. And don't get me wrong, like it was it was a lot. Like it was not a fun time in my life to heal and take accountability for, you know, the type of pain I was inflicting on myself. And take a good look in the mirror and be like, okay, yeah, you know what? Your parents might have been super fucked up, but you're 20 years old and you're going through everything that you're going through in life right now because of the decisions that you made and the cycles that you choose to keep living in. And so until you make that decision, there will be no change. There's no secret recipe that's just going to snap you out of your feelings and just you're just going to become a healthily detached person. The detachment comes from loving and respecting yourself so deeply that you don't give a fuck to keep anybody in your life that is not positive, that is not positively impacting you, that isn't helping you be the person that you want to be, that isn't valuing you, that isn't respecting you. And a lot of people, you know, like, they talk shit like, oh, I'm, the problem with today's generation is that you guys don't want to water the grass. Well, how much longer am I going to fucking water grass that's completely fucking dead? Why should I entertain a person and consistently give them chances to keep fucking me over? If you're already showing me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like, I'm done. I'm not going to put myself through that because I value myself too much. It's one thing for a person to make a mistake and then it's one thing for a person to keep showing you who the fuck they are and you don't leave them. And I love and respect myself so much now that there is nobody in this world that can make me feel small. Or that can make me feel like no matter how much they disrespect me, I love them too much to leave them alone. Nobody. There's absolutely no fucking body. Absolutely not. You have to love yourself to that capacity. 
If you don't respect yourself, nobody else will. You teach people how to treat you. So if somebody is disrespecting you, if somebody is putting their hands on you, if somebody is calling you out of your name, if somebody is doing some shysty shit and you're like, it's okay, I forgive you. Yeah, okay, we can still, we can still be together. You're teaching them that that behavior is okay. And guess what? They're going to keep doing it. And then guess what? Every single time you forgive them for doing some bullshit like that, your confidence and your security and your safeness within yourself, it lowers. And then it gets to a point where you stop trusting yourself. You feel so insecure that you're just like, you know what, whatever. I don't even care anymore. Do whatever you want. And you keep taking that abuse. And it makes you weaker and weaker and weaker to the point where you, like, you don't even care to live anymore. You feel so lost. You feel like you don't even know yourself anymore. And that's account of you consistently taking the disrespect. So if you want to master detachment, you have to, one, figure out what your attachment style is. Figure out where that attachment style comes from. Is it a belief that was planted in your childhood because of your parents? Is it a belief that was planted because of a really bad experience in a relationship? Like what is the root of that for you? And then once you figure out the root and where it comes from and exactly what that feeling is, whether it's worthlessness, insecurity, abandonment issues, codependency, whatever it might be, then you have to work on healing that. And it was very uncomfortable for me to heal those parts of myself. And I talked about this in the first podcast episode. You know, my counselor would give me these um, exercises to do. And there's one exercise where she would make me talk to myself nicely in a mirror. And I had been so conditioned to hate myself that when I said anything nice to myself, I couldn't even take myself serious. Because that's how deep my pain was. That I couldn't even look in the mirror and tell myself anything nice. How shameful is that? If I don't love myself and I don't think that I'm beautiful outside and on the inside and I don't truly love and value me, how is anyone in this lifetime going to value me? Because if I don't value me, then I allow anybody to treat me however the fuck they want. And that's why I say, if somebody treats you badly, that can't be love. Because you can't even treat yourself badly and say you love yourself. So if you can't treat yourself badly and still love yourself, how, how is somebody else going to treat you badly and then you call it love? No, baby, that's not love. That's attachment. You're attached to the idea you're attached to having that validation. Because then what happens when that person leaves and that person decides that, oh, you know what? It's kind of getting boring abusing you because you just keep taking me back. So peace out, which is exactly what narcissists do, by the way. They discard you. And then when they discard you, you don't even want to live anymore. You feel like you want to kill yourself. And that's why I say... You cannot love somebody who treats you that way. You can't accept that love or what you think is love 
and and love yourself. You can't accept that abuse and then be like, yeah, I love myself. No, you don't. You need to work on it. You don't love yourself because if you loved yourself, you wouldn't be putting yourself through that situation. And I say this out of love because I've been in that position, like period, I've been in that position, like oh so many times. And I wish somebody would have shook me and been like, girl, what are you doing? Stop. And that's exactly what I'm sitting here telling you today. Please do not be me. Please do better. Please love yourself. There is nobody in this world that is worth making you feel that way. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm not scared to be alone. And the reason why I'm not scared to be alone is because I love myself so much that I don't feel lonely. I have a friend in me. No matter what might, what might be going on in my life or whatever it is, at the end of the day, I love myself so much and I have so much respect because of everything that I've gotten through thus far. Nothing can rock me twice. And it's possible. Like, I know a lot of the times when you're in these situations and you're like, fuck, like, I feel like I'm never going to make it out. Like, I just want to give up. I'm done. Like, I don't even want to be here. I know exactly what that feels like. And I'm telling you to take all that pain that you feel in this moment right now and get the help that you need. Don't be afraid to go to a counselor. If you've been thinking about it, stop thinking about it and just do it. Stop putting it off because things are never going to change for you unless you start switching the equation. So instead of forgiving the ex that keeps fucking you over and disrespecting you and abusing you, this is your time to say enough is enough. I'm not doing this anymore. And even if your security might be the, like a little tiny mustard seed, girl, work with it. Because that was, that was me, and I, and I put that bitch in the ground, and I, and I grew it, and it flourished. And now I'm here today to tell you, get it together. Because you can't keep going on like this. It's not fair to you. Think about yourself in five years. You still want to be sitting in the same room crying over the same dumbass? You still want to be feeling like you're worthless? You still want to be feeling insecure? Of course not. So the only way that that's going to change is if you take the accountability to understand that you are why you are in the situation that you are in. Heal your attachment style. Figure out what it is. Figure out where it comes from and heal that shit. Sit in that, soak in it, cry about it, be depressed about it, get all that pain out. And eventually... You're going to accept it and you're going to understand that just because you went through all of that pain and abuse, that doesn't, need, that doesn't mean that you need to continue on in that cycle. That you're 100% able to change that storyline. And you're able to make a beautiful future for yourself. So don't sit in that. Own that shit and grow from it. And... You know, that, that's really, like, all there is. It's, it's like there's not, like, this step-by-step. Step. It's really just healing all that trauma. And naturally, you're going to be a healthily detached person just in general. Because nobody's absence can rock me. 
And the reason why is because I love myself so much that I'm not scared to lose anybody. The only person in this world that I'm afraid to lose is me. That's it. No boyfriend, no friend, no peer, no nothing, no job, no house, nothing. I'm not attached to anything in this world except me and God. That's it. Those are the only attachments that I have. Those are the only attachments that I care about. Because it took me so long to find myself again once I lost myself that I will do everything in my power to keep me. So if that means removing any fucking body that is causing me to disrespect myself or lose myself or impact me negatively, gotta fucking go. I don't have the room for it. I don't have the time. And people think I'm really cutthroat. Yeah, I fucking am cutthroat because if I'm not going to do something to you or put you in a situation that hurts you, why the fuck would I allow you to do it to me? So therefore, yeah, I'm going to be cutthroat because I worked really fucking hard to get the level of confidence that I have now. And my confidence isn't, it doesn't come from what I look like. It doesn't come from the money I make. It doesn't come from where I live. None of that. The confidence comes from the strength that I had to pull myself out of such a low fucking place. My confidence comes from knowing who the fuck I am and knowing how special I am. Because there is not one person out here that is me. There is not another Zeja Castillo. There is not another you. So be your best self. And by being your best self and loving yourself unconditionally, you will naturally detach from any and everything that is not serving its purpose and serving you in a positive way. Everything is based on self-love and your worth. You have to value yourself and believe that you are worthy of love because you are. You 100% are. Your parents can't take that away from you. They might have taken it away for a really long time and shook you up a bit, and you might feel like life knocked you on your ass and you you feel abandoned and you feel fucked over and you feel shitted on, but guess what? You don't have to keep feeling that way. You're completely capable of getting up, doing what you got to do for yourself, and keep pushing forward. It's very possible. And through that, you're like I said, you're going to naturally master detachment. I don't mind leaving a person where they have me fucked up at. Before, I would try to make excuses. Oh, well, maybe, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's because they had such a hard childhood. Well, bitch, so did I. So the fuck did I? So if it's, a, if it's not okay for me to treat you badly, then stop fucking treating me badly. And another thing my counselor told me too, I remember when I would come in, because I would see her weekly, and I would come into um, our counseling sessions, and there was one day where everything changed, you know, like, I would come in like crying, girl. When I say crying, I mean like bawling my eyes out. Like, I swear to God, she would take me to the room and then I'd sit down and she'd be like, so how are you? And then boom, I just start crying. (laughs) I was just bawling. I'm like, Rebecca, I just can't. Like that, (laughs) that sentence was a trigger for me. Are you okay? Bitch, no, I'm dying. 
I'm fucking dying. I'm not okay. Um, and then one day, instead of crying, I was angry. I was angry. And my counselor, she started smiling at me. And in my head, I'm like, is this bitch crazy? Like, I'm fucking mad. Like, why would you be smiling right now? Like, nothing is funny. I'm ready to set this motherfucking world on fire. Like, I'm pissed. And I remember her telling me, I'm so happy that you're mad. Because anger is a form of you realizing that it is an injustice for somebody to treat you that way. You're angry because you believe that you've been wronged. You're angry because you're defending yourself. And I was like, fuck, I never thought about it like that. You know, I'd spend time, you know, coming to these counseling appointments and I'd be bawling my eyes out crying and I'd be like, I don't know, like, was it because I'm this way and I'm just not good enough and he left me because he didn't love me and you know what I mean? Like, it would be a lot of, like, self-hate. And then when I came into this counseling appointment, I'm like, he got me fucked up. And she's like, yes, he does have you fucked up. And she's like, but I'm so glad that you feel like he has you fucked up because that means that you're starting to love yourself. You're starting to get angry because he's treating you this way and you know you don't deserve it. So even though you might feel like, oh, I really don't respect myself, oh, I don't love myself, girl, if you've ever gotten mad because of a way that, or because of the way that a man has treated you or just anybody in general, parents, friends, um, colleagues, bosses, whatever it might be, if you've gotten angry because of it, that means that you do have at least some sort of love for yourself. And from there, that can grow. It might be, like I said, the size of a mustard seed, but you can grow it. Because if you're angry because somebody is treating you a certain way, it's because you know that you don't deserve it. So... That's basically what today's episode is, guys. I really want you to work on, you know what I mean? Like healing those attachment styles and identifying what the attachment style is and working on your self-esteem. You know, get in touch with your needs. Set those boundaries on yourself. What do you need? What do you want out of a relationship? Whether it's a friendship, a job, or even a boyfriend, Or if you're a guy listening to this, a girlfriend. Like, what do you want out of a partner? What is important to you? What are your needs? You know, everybody has different needs. So you need to identify yourself and identify exactly what you want out of any sort of relationship in your life. Even the relationship that you have out of your, from, or with yourself. What do you need from yourself? Sometimes we need to be a little bit more patient. You know, if, you, if you're a person that tends to be a little bit more harder on yourself, then maybe, you know, you need a little bit more patience, a little bit more kindness from yourself. You know, everybody needs different things. So learn yourself. Spend time alone. Stop dating because you're hurt. Stop dating because you're trying to fill a void. Work on yourself, by yourself, for yourself. Nobody is going to come in and be able to erase everything that you deal with when they're not around. And when you're completely alone, that's when the healing begins. 
you can't keep distracting yourself with different people and warm bodies because you want to escape what's actually going on. You have to really confront that. You can't keep hiding from the pain that you feel and the un unhealthy habits that you have because they're going to follow you until the day that you die. And you don't want to be a 70-year-old woman rocking in a wheelchair still blaming her parents because they hurt you. Like, come on, you're a grown-ass grown adult. Like, you got to start taking responsibility over that and working on it. So this is the end of the podcast episode. And that question I asked you guys earlier, do you think that it's love or do you think that it's an attachment? So thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope that it helped you. I hope that it spoke volumes and life into you. And like I always say, I will see you guys next time. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Cut the